Hola familia, como van? It's your girl Dalis Jasmine and welcome to Hello Latino. Today's guest is Myra Store. She is a mother, an author, teacher, and co-founder of Grow Florecita. Y'all are gonna feel like Myra is preaching at y'all with spirituality, motherhood, and everything in between. Myra is so passionate about humanity and the power of tapping into your unique blueprint. Glow Florecita is an avenue for that, an avenue to become your most empowered self. And as she says, each of us holds the blueprint to seeds within us to be our best selves and create a world that our children can thrive in. Myra is currently the public relations lead and founder of Grow Florecita and is all about speaking, writing, and connecting with people. And this episode is actually in honor of Mother's Day. Shout out to all the mummies and women out there who are our rock. And thank you. Thank you for doing what you do. Feliz Dia de las Madres y que disfruten. Well, I am so excited to have you here. I mean, Katie said the most amazing things about you, as you know, um, <sighs> but I'm just so excited to talk about motherhood with you. And I know that's not going to be our whole conversation, mm -hmm. but I think one of the things that I loved about our conversation so early on was talking about being that Latina mother and mm -hmm. kind of growing up thinking, I don't want to be like my mom. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to do all these things. And then you become a mom and you're like, ah okay, it's a whole different beast. I get it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have and to be the same exact thing. Yeah, but that. it doesn't have mm -hmm. to be the exact same thing. And mm -hmm. I loved that you mentioned that. And so we'll jump into that a little bit. But first, let's unpack who Myra is and all the amazing things that you're doing, girl. So okay. let's start with how do you identify and why? I identify, this has been such an ongoing thing and it's so fluid for me. And I feel like um, it's constantly transforming. And right now I'm going through a lot of shifts in my identity and my consciousness. And so I identify as Mexican-American with deep rooted connection and, and understanding uh, to my indigenous roots and ancestry. Um, so that's how I identify right now. And there's some reasons why. <laughs> well, let's unpack why, girl. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I think for me, it's very, it's empowering for me to say, Mexican-American because it yeah. to me it acknowledges that there's a history of uprooting and that and it also identifies me with the American continent with the Americas and really reclaiming that like yeah like I belong here on this land and mm -hmm. it's not just this like it doesn't have to be this co-opted like thing I am American too and that's okay it's okay I can relax in that. I don't mm -hmm. have to be, I don't have to, you know, and I think for me that came up a lot because I would go every year, my parents would take us to Mexico where my, um, my mom was from. And, um, I would go, I, I would swear to you up and down. Like I am Mexicana. I am Mexican. I go there and like, no, you're not. What are you talking? You're American. Like, what are you talking about? Like you're, you're not. No, it is Weta. Like, all, you know, and I'm like, what? look at me. Like, what are you talking about? Like, mm -hmm. do you not feel what I feel? You know, and so, and like the reality over time is like, yeah, it is. There is a huge, I cannot compare like myself to what they are, my cousin's experiences. And I have a completely different experience here. And um, so that's one of the reasons, but I also feel it in my soul and my DNA, the ancestry connected to my and the indigenous roots and um, the earth and um, 
just that space of knowingness of who I am deeper in my, as far as like lineage goes, um, it's there too. And it's undeniable. Oh, girl, you got me. You got some tears in my eyes right now. That's it's so beautiful because what you're describing is that feeling of, you know, you're so proud. Like I, when you said I was proud to be Mexicana if we put and they were like, it is Weta. I would yeah. hear that all the time. And it, at some point it felt like, OK, like I'm Honduran, you know, like I'm full blooded Latina. And then realizing that there is this like. There is a little bit of a disconnect, right? You, the the experiences that my my cousins, my aunts, my uncles experience in Honduras are not the same that I experience here. And realizing that it's not just a difference in reality, but there's a difference in privilege, right? And there's a difference in just just the the, the things that we are able to have, not just materialistic things, but the liberation that comes with like the freedom that we have, the consciousness. Right? Oh my Ooh, gosh, yeah, girl. And it's and it's a very weird and and that's what I love about this platform is highlighting that first gen experience that you described so perfectly. But it's it's that weird like whoa, it's a deep understanding of yes, you are American, which doesn't mean you're Wadita, doesn't mean you're white. It just means you're American, you're Mexican American, Honduran American, Dominican American. I mean, the list goes on, right? But I think it's reclaiming that, and and I love the way you put that. And shout out to the indigenous roots, girl. The mestizaje is real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. It's like it just yeah. wants, it guides, it, it's guided me literally to be to, it's guided me to who I am today. Really. <laughs> like really. It's amazing how it's like who we are on that DNA level guides us. And there are negative, you know, things that comes from the trauma we've experienced over time. But there's also gifts there. Um, and those gifts we can use to maximize and guide us into our dreams and, and using that American privilege to like and mix those together and the ability to dream and to expand our consciousness and the sovereignty we're allowed to experience here in the United States of America, we can really expand those gifts into something amazing, right? We could pave a whole new way for the earth, not even just our people, like for the planet, right? Mm. Girl, and you also mentioned something that is so deep to me. And it's, we talk a lot about generational trauma, which is very true and very real. And mm-hmm. I think we also need to talk about the generational gifts that we get and that we have. I mean, one of the things that I love about growing up with my mother, for example, is her spirituality that she learned from her indigenous side, from just the cultural aspects, from like, we don't need to go to the doctor. And that also comes from a, a place of like scarcity, right? We couldn't afford to go to the doctor, but the way that we would use herbs and teas and just like natural remedies to just cure these things that we think can only be solved by like a pill. Do you know what I mean? And it's like little things like that, that I didn't realize were so deeply embedded in the culture and la cultura, right? It's not just about this and this and that, going to the doctor for every stomach ache, but it's about like what does our earth give us that can support our bodies? Because this is, this is not just new. This is from like our ancestors, right? It passed down from generations. So there's generational knowledge gifts, a lot of things that we have that came from scarcity, but it's a gift, right? And you know, it's interesting you say the scarcity point because my, in my reality, we, I grew up with health insurance and medical insurance and accessibility to these things. Mm -hmm. And yet my mom, the we would she would absolutely like the plants from the garden, like 
like herbs and pomadas and just like that was the ways of of healing and um and just and like sobadas and there's just oh yeah you know all these different ways and so that's interesting like because I also feel like it's just so undeniably a part of the I mean, yeah, it could be it's scarcity, right? And I also think potential fear of these systems. But I also think that is so empowering to be able to like see your child. And I say that as a mom, right? To be yeah. able to see my child and my children and to and to be able to have accessibility to that knowledge and Ooh, yeah. and go there with them and do and use what's around me, use the natural world around me to be the healer for my children. And um so that is so empowering. So anyway, I just had to put that out there because I think that's really, I think I really feel it's just our ancestors living through us and reminding us how powerful we are and our our ability to heal ourselves, right? And you know, I, I love that you pointed out the scarcity because even now me as like, I have different privileges, right? I got a job, I can get health insurance. But I still choose because you, like you said, it's undeniable. I still choose the natural remedies because it's worked for like 25 years of my life. You know, my parents, yeah. it's, it's passed down like de la manzanilla, las soadas. I mean, all the things that you're saying, I'm like, yes, like that's literally what it was, right? It's, but it's deeper than just like this massage is going to cure you. It's literally like, I feel like it's just something in the energy. There's something in like the energy that like my mom would give to us like yeah. so much love. And she would always joke like, cuando cocino, que lo hago con amor. Like that's why me, la comida se sale bien, right? But mm -hmm. it's, it's really that. I feel like I'm like, my mom puts so much love, passion, sazón into everything she does. And I see that just not with my mom, my dad and my brothers and my sisters and my, you know, and the family. And I'm like, that's such a deep thing that you can't be taught, like putting passion, your heart, your soul, everything into what you're doing. It's a gift. It's a gift that wasn't coached, right? It's a gift that's innate. Oh my gosh. So you, you're curious about my whole motherhood journey. So let me, this seeps into right Let's into go. it. This seeps <laughs> right into it. Okay. So when I, I, my, my first son is five. Okay. And at the time I didn't really know, I heard of home birth and I, my, I, my grandma, my, my mom's mom would say how she gave birth to my mom and her siblings at home. And that was about it. That, that was as far as that goes. Right. But when I got pregnant, there was this like deep knowingness, like I'm going to give birth to my son in a way that I in, at home and it's going to be, and it's going to look, and it's going to feel empowering because there was something about when I got pregnant, I was bombarded with all these stories, like these hor almost like horrific stories of how what people had, like of what people went through during their births and labor and delivery and all. And I was like, oh my gosh, no, my gut knew there's another way. I, I am not experiencing, like I just felt it, like this can be such a sacred, this is a sacred initiation. Okay. And I was, and I made the decision, I'm going to have a home birth. And of course I, I looked it up on Google and I found, found the best Chicana midwife I could have at the time in Oakland. And it was just amazing. And everyone around me, like even my mom. Okay. Like it was like just fear, like, oh my gosh, how are you going to give home? You know, this is your first child, you know, the things that can go wrong in birth and labor. And I was like, I am doing this. I know it's different, but I am doing this. And 
And so that kind of has let that has literally led me on this journey of who I am as a mother and how I am as a mother and who I am as a being and how I navigate the world. <laughs> like that birth, I didn't just give birth to my son. I gave birth to myself, my empowered self. And um, and I just feel like the, you know, I believe there's the maiden, the mother, and the crone. There's different stages of womanhood, right? And be, you know, and and you don't have to physically give birth to a child to be in the mother stage. But it happened to be that for me, that was a huge marker for me to enter into that mother stage. And it was a huge initiation that really birthed myself into that, into like mothering and cultivating my dreams and and making like building my my life, right? for myself and how I envision it, not how everyone else thinks it should be. Ooh, girl, you are, you just came in here spiritually strong, girl. You're like, let me tell you about my life. Um, I, I want to ask because you said something that I think a lot of us kind of go through, but I want to kind of get some of your, your tips for the folks that are listening. How did you have this deep understanding in your gut? Like, this is what I wanted to do. And how did you stick through that? despite the fear that was constantly bombarding you? How did you stay firm in your decision? So off top, I've been called stubborn my whole life. So there's that. (laughs) (laughs) Just like off top. Like I, I don't know. It's just, I just, I'm okay with that. I'm stubborn. Okay, whatever. Um, So, but for me, it's like, I, uh, oh my gosh, it was just this deep seated knowing like, okay, so I have, so I experienced things with my womb right? Like we're like, just like this connection to, to my womb and my, my menstrual cycles and just different things. And, and I, for me, like that led me on a journey of wanting to understand what is like, I would hear, oh, sorry, I would hear these things of like, what is the, you know, the creatrix and like how we like womb holders, like literally take seeds and not just like, like sperm, but like we take seeds, thoughts, ideas, and we can conjure them. And we can like a flower, let allow them to bloom within us and bloom out. And so for me, I was receiving seeds and of through through just embodying of, of witnessing other women in empowered states of being and existence. And for me, like different goddess represent like representations of the goddess and like what that means for me, like led me on this whole journey of understanding the different archetypes of womanhood and all this stuff. And so just but point is it's like I saw a vision of what I could be in my life. And, and I saw, and I knew that there were people that had great birth stories. I knew that there were people that gave birth at home and it revolutionized their life. Okay. I didn't need to know them personally, but that allowed me to see a reflection of what's possible for myself. And because of that, I was like, I can do that too. And all, you know, all these things around me are going to tell me otherwise, but I know, I know, and I'm going to prove it (laughs) because I feel it. I envision it. Therefore it is right. So that was just, that's it. Like I just knew. And I, it was almost like a calling too. like, it was a calling for me to birth in this way because it was a feeling like I, And now it's amazing because now when people get pregnant, like I'm getting calls like, okay, this, this and that, like, and I, and I'm like, you know, I'm not a midwife. I'm not a doula, but like, let me, let me refer you to, or like, this is my experience or you, you know, just more of like a consciousness empowerment thing. 
versus like a medical from a medical standpoint, but more so like an energetic spiritual perspective of empowering women into motherhood, right? Yeah. So, and I think that's powerful because it is time. It is time. The 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 wounded mother. Okay, we talk about the wounded, the the, the patriarchy and and father wounds and all these things, but the mother wound is real too. Okay, and and it affects sisterhood. It affects women connecting to other women. Okay, and we need each other. We need sisterhood. If we're going to change consciousness, if we're going to change the fabric of our existence and move into a unified field as a people on this planet, we have we need sisterhood. The sisters. The, that women need to stand up and connect with each other and help each other and be with each other and love each other. And that can only happen if we move beyond those mother wounds and come into that, like knowing, like, I need you as you need me. And I know I can enter into my empowerment because I can stand before you and yours. Oh, like, girl, boom. I, I wasn't ready for all of this goodness today. I <laughs> just so ooh, feel like you, I feel like I just put on a motivational sp- like speech or something and you just came in, but I love it. And I am just, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm just, just so how like, I feel. girl. And I love that. And I love that you're on this platform talking about this. And I want to, I want to go back. Cause you're talking about being stubborn. You're talking about these mother wounds. I want to go back in time before you mm-hmm, became a mother. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Talk talk about that. Let's let's d- dig a little deeper. Talk about your mother, your oh. father, and their immigration story and kind of where your story begins. Oh my gosh. That's so fascinating because okay. So well my mom's side, I'm first generation because she came here when she was 18. My dad's side though, there's they've been in Oakland they were in Oakland for five generations. Okay. So my on my dad's side it's more it's just a different it's just interesting how it's like different realities. It's like completely different realities, which was kind of interesting for me growing up because like, I remember like my parents worked together very well as a team, but it was very clear that there were certain things that my mom would do or say. And my dad was like, no, we don't do that here. Like, that's not okay. Sorry. Like, you know, and like, we cannot, we just cannot, you know? And, and, I, and for me, it was like, whoa, like it was just like two realities mixed into one. Like, even though we're, that's the same cultural like, I mean, like cultural aspect, like they're both Mexican, you know, but Mexican, it's just not, it was not comparable. Yeah. Um, yeah. How my dad way of raising, like, and it worked out. It, I mean, I think it worked out, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> and, but anyway, so there's that, right? But what's interesting is my mom came here when she was 18 and there's, to them, to my parents, it's funny, but to me, I kind of find it kind of sad and disturbing how my mom she says that she thought she was going to come to the United States of America and that the the floor was literally going to be gold and the clouds were going to be like pink and like money was literally like she wasn't irritated. Like she genuinely thought money was going to be growing on trees and how like she just had this glamorized, super magnified, glamorized way of looking at the United States. And, and like she just she genuinely felt this way, though, like it was like she thought the color wow. of the sky was going to be different, like the environment, like she physically thought she was going to see things that were just different. Right. And, and so she comes here 18, she marries my dad, gets pregnant with me. And mind you, she like, I was like 10 years old going back to where she grew up with. And they were still going to the bathroom and like, like these holes, like in the, in the back out, out in the out. Right. And so she came to the United States of America where my dad was living in the suburbs and there's, Oh, there's a dishwasher. They have vacuums. There's a, there's a washer machine. 
Like, what is this sorcery? Like, she was just like, what is this? Like, she was just, can you imagine that culture shock? Like, how that must have been for her? She gets married. She gets pregnant with me. She gets, you know, during that birth, whole birthing process, the food for her was different. So she was like anemic and she was just, her her whole process of her, her like, like gestating me and like me being in her womb was an experience of shock. Right. And then she gives birth to me and, um, in, in, in a hospital with bright lights and this like no language, like no one speaking her language, you know, and just having to do what she's told at all the appointments and the whole journey and having no empowerment and no sense of like understanding really what's going on and how she just like has to agree and comply because she feels like she has to. Right. And that's the story of my birth. Right. And she says that when she gave birth to me, she experienced the most fear she's ever experienced in her life. Like she couldn't understand what it meant to be giving birth to someone in a world she did not understand to give birth to someone in a world. She didn't even know how to fit in herself. And to raise someone in that life, right? So for her, that was like so scared, right? Yeah. And so I've had to navigate those fears in my life. And I've had to navigate that sense of like misunderstanding. Because for me, I'm sitting here getting raised on Disney and getting raised on the mainstream media and 16 Magazine and all these different things, right? And I'm sitting here like wanting something for myself that I am knowing I can have it because... I can create, I create my reality. And, and she's like trying to like hoard me away into this, like into back into her womb, almost like come back, like, like, don't go, you know, like, what are you talking about? Like, that's, you know, like you can't do that. You can't do this. You can't do that. Scare. You could die. You could do this. Like, oh Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And mouse eagle. Like I want, I felt like a cage wolf, like, like get me out of here. Like like, I need, to go. I need freedom. I need you to love me and to see me as someone that can. Okay. So I can be who I am destined. And I know because I can feel it in every cell of me that I am here to be. Okay. And so that was like, that's my child, my childhood. And so, and I have so many examples within that, but I'm not gonna go there. It's just interesting. Like, oh my goodness, it was so intense for me. Um, and especially my personality, I Oh my gosh, I'm so <laughs> sorry for her. She they, like she couldn't have been given the most outward, like ready for the world child, <laughs> like, yeah. like ready for takeoff. You know, and I think oh, that's her part of her prayer and her journey, right? Um, because our children are oh my gosh, they are here. They're our teachers. My sons are my teachers. You know, and so I recognize that. Um, so yeah, that's the backstory. And so within that mother wound, there's like that fear. Love is misconstrued with worry. I love you. Therefore, I worry for you. I worry for you. Therefore, I love you. Don't you get it? I love you. I worry. Right. When love is liberation, when to love is to liberate. Right. When to love is to is to see you in your highest, most most godly self. Right. And 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 trust and believe that you have been endowed with the seeds of greatness just for you. The blueprint is inside of you, right? And I yeah. am here as your parent to support that, right? And so that was where all this comes from. So I just felt like I knew there had to be another way. I'm giving birth to my sons and I gave birth to my sons in a way where I felt free. 
where I was loved, where I was empowered, where I was seen and heard and felt. And I was able to move how I wanted to move. I was in my most primal state and I was okay. And my sons were born and I held them and no one took them away from me. I wasn't questioning. I made, I made the decisions of how things progressed and how things happened. And obviously spirit was, is the most high, but I feel like I was granted that opportunity so that I can be who I am today. Right. So there's that. (laughs) There is, there's so much I want to unpack with you right now because you're talking about I I worry about you, therefore I love you, like, duh, right? And so much, there's so much of this that I feel (laughs) that I know so many people in our community feel, and it doesn't, it comes from love, but it's such a, it's such a place of fear, like you're saying, right? Like, I can't tell you how many times, like, I was, I never was allowed to go anywhere as a kid. And I mean, I know a lot of people (laughs) deal with that too, right? Like, no sleepovers, their friends can come here. Like all of those type of things, right? Like I wasn't allowed to just like leave their site unless I was in school. Like, and it all came from a place of fear. Like they didn't want you running out in those streets. They didn't want you to be like these these kids in school. They didn't want you. And so it was all like, I won't let you make a mistake. So I'm going to prevent everything, everything. I'm going to put all these blocks up so that you don't have to make any type of mistake, right? And that you could just live a world of, love peace and shelter you know but I'm just like comfort and all that comfort and man I can't tell you the first time I embraced discomfort how odd that felt to me I'm like am I supposed to do this and it was almost like a guilt right like I'm gonna get in trouble if she sees you know what I mean like it's just you have those constant worries and fears and my question for you is it's been a big journey for me on a personal level to unlearn a lot of that fear and worry and I won't lie to you at some moments I feel it creeping up and I have to constantly like pause and just like reflect. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? All right. Like, let's not lean into that because there's a choice there, right? There's a choice to lean into peace or a a choice to lean into fear. And it's not like peace will be available all the time. I think sometimes you just got to go through the fields, but I think it's been a really long journey for me to unlearn that for you. How have you maybe even managed or or healed or unlearned this like coming from a place of worry and fear that is like I feel like it's ongoing it's an energy it's an ongoing thing that I navigate to me too okay and so it's not like I've magically made this disappear no it's a no it's but it's the awareness that I'm very grateful for and that it's not just this I'm just I almost see it like a bubble like a like an energy that I hold and I can see that this energy ser- can serve me because I, because of this energy, I stand on the ground and I see, and I see, and I use my, I see, I use my physical eyes and I use my spiritual eye to see possibility. And that doesn't mean I have to go into the anxiety and fear about it, but allows me to slow a little bit down and to make choices that are going to truly align with the best out- potential outcome. So I can use this as a gift, right? I can use this anxiety or the fear, whatever it comes from that, and 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 you come back, literally ground, ground it out. Like I have to, like for me, it has to come back to the earth. I have to come back to the earth. I have to feel my feet on the ground. And I have to be able to almost even touch, literally physically touch a leaf or touch something physical 
even just like a blanket, but I have to come back to earth. And I have to be able to stand in that and then recognize that this is coming up um, and, and, and become aware that this is here, but I don't have to run rampant with it. I don't have to blow torch it onto my life and cause a fire. Right. Right. I can use it for, and I can also move forward from this and recognizing, recognizing that there's also a bigger, there's something bigger here. When that happens, there's something that needs to be paid attention to. Usually that's when there's something like, okay, there's something happening here that is, feels like it's, it's almost like a disturbance in the force. (laughs) Right. Right. Something is shifting (laughs) here. Okay. And it's making me go into this instinctual place of fear and worry. Okay. But what, but that isn't necessarily, nothing is going wrong yet. I'm here. I'm breathing. You know, so for me, like grounding, grounding. And there's so many different ways as I, that I do that. Like, oh my gosh, I can create an essay because it does not, it depends on where I'm at, right? And it depends on what it is and how triggering that is, right? But there are w- ways to ground it out and to move forward from it in a more empowered place. Like right now. Like the energy is so interesting right now. Like I'm going through so many things that are causing me vulnerability and making me feel fear. But at the same time, like, oh my gosh, something is shifting here. And per- like, maybe what if it's something that I've been wanting? What if this is going to lead me to something greater? What if like, like using our minds to, for us, because that's all it is. It's our minds are going and that's, that's where there's nothing wrong with that. Our minds are meant and designed to think. So it's, it's doing what it's supposed to do, Right. So how can we shift that to literally transform that into the other way? Almost like if we're spiraling down, how can we spiral up and use the power of what if to our advantage? What if this is it? You know, like what, you know, just like, and go there and go there and just and move, move, move. And it doesn't, and like, I think we have this illusion that, oh my gosh, sorry, just this is so, I'm like really passionate Girl, about this. Girl, go, go, like, go we off. We have this illusion that we are supposed to like go from here to hear like to this whole other level, like depression to blissfulness or anger to like exuberant anticipation or whatever. But that is not <laughs> what this is about. Okay. It's about moving from where we are to feeling a little bit better. Okay. And so that's that. That's how that's what I do. And, and like I said, there's specific things that I can do in in changing my physiology, changing how I'm just changing how I am on the earth, what I'm doing. And that, that allows me to shift my focus. Right. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, I, that's about just because I can go in. That's a whole nother thing, but there are Girl. ways we can do that. And, um, we are, and I think awareness is one thing. And I think, um, that's where the whole sisterhood thing and the whole, not even sister, but like, even for men or if, even for whoever, like, you know, like, whatever, like as long as we're bonding, like men, whatever we, as long as we bond with another being that we resonate with, like congruently resonate with and harmonize with, we can support each other. And I think that to me, that's what I take from my family too, is like, I see, I've seen how my family, my family is like this well-functioning, like, like thing where it's like, everyone has a role this big family. Like I know I go to my Theo, my Theo Pancho. I know what to expect. I go to my Tia Susana. I know what to expect. Like I go to these people and I know I, I generally, right. I know the frequency or the feeling I'm going to get from them. Like if I'm going through something, I'm not going to go to this person. I might go, you know, like I'm aware of how my family functions. And, and like, I think 
that's taking that beyond my family into the world because my family is amazing, but they're not everything as to what they can provide for me in my journey because I'm creating something new. I'm creating a new world for myself, a new world for my family, and a new world for the world for me to be able to serve at a different place on the planet. So I can't just be in the same, I can't go to the same people forever. Like I need to go to people that are doing these things, that are executing on these things and that are navigating the world in a different way that I've never even understood or seen before. So that's where I also think like who we interact with is huge. Oh, huge. And I can't tell you how many times my mom would always tell me growing up and now it makes so much sense to me. Like, tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. And I used to say like, no, no. And then you grow up and I was realizing, okay, your circle is literally everything because the people who you're around influence the shit out of you, right? Like they, they influence you from like a frequency standpoint, like you're talking about energy, but even just like from, from a mindset perspective and what you're talking about. Money, how much money? Money, like, you know what I mean? The the conversations Mm -hmm. hit different Mm -hmm. and I I got to a point and I'm so thankful and shout out to the girls that I have in my circle today. The conversations are so different. They're about spirituality, ambition, career, motherhood, um, balancing culture, and this new generation, right? Generational wealth. There's there's so much beauty in the conversations we have where it, if I think about me in high school talking about, well, this boy didn't text you back. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a different conversations that we're having. And it's, it's so powerful. And one of the things I want to highlight and kind of, if I could, bold it into this episode is like this this feeling of you have power you can create the life that you want you can create what you want right and it's it's about almost like realizing you have more control than you think like I can't tell you how liberating it was Myra to figure out for myself like I have power to control like things that are happening around me like it's not the world is coming crashing down on me it's I can control how I'm reacting to these situations and I like almost like mind over matter, right? But in a very higher way of I can control my reaction and I can control the reality I create. And that's why I'm such a big fan of manifestation, but putting in the work too, right? Yes. And and really that, that just like, and working it. Yeah, exactly, right? It's not just like I'm sitting, I'm like, no. I'm manifesting no, no, no. all these things. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's, no. It's, it's an intention. I'm manifesting this yeah. and I'm working my ass off to get it. And then you get all the blessings that you ask for and you realize- Oh, like the alchemist type of energy, right? Like the universe will work in your favor when you're ready, when you're ready to receive it. And you have control over that part when you're ready, right? Whew, girl, you, I want to just bold that. We got control. We can step into our power. We can embrace that power and we can create the life that we, that we really do want. And that's literally, you just bolded that. You just bolded what Florecita, Grow Florecita Grow, which is the children's book I wrote. And put out and the business that we're cultivating and continue to put work into is all about like literally that's what it that's what this is about here it's like I heard something once along the lines of like you build your yourself and then you build your business because of who you are and as you are and like for me like that rings so true because I'm building my business from the inside out I am becoming my business I'm embodying my business I am embodying what makes me wealthy. I am what makes me wealthy. I am my wealth. And I'm a walking magnet because I am the business. So, and that's what that's about, right? Oh, girl, 
And I, let's talk about all the things that you're up to now. And this is our cafecito and cheese segment because you are just you you embody so much of of what I love the the empowerment for women, just like the spirituality, but also kind of this deep understanding of it's more it's bigger than us type of thing. Without saying those words, right? It's like there's something energy, the earth, like you're saying these concepts that. You can't like you can teach as much as you want, but it's a feeling. It's a feeling that you can't really tell people. It's and you're embodying it so like vividly into this conversation. I'm just like, yes, I, I feel all these vibrations from you. And I want to I want to talk about the things that you're doing, the children's book, the business that you are that you're creating. So tell us about tell us about how all that started and and what it's turned into. Oh, it literally started when after. I gave birth to my son. That's where like the idea work. I knew like, cause I was doing, I was like, I was a mental health counselor and I was working with kids on probation and which is, is, is good work, you know? But when I had my son, it was really clear, like, this is my work. Like raising my son is the most sacred opportunity that I could ever, like, it just felt like the most sacred opportunity ever. <laughs> and, and so like my mind started just re being rewired and, and thinking, um, I, I want my money to make me money. I want, I want financial like prosperity and I want to be able to be with my son and, um, and raise them. And, and I want my husband and I to both be together in raising our children. Like not one of us having to work all the, you know, just, I want us to be a family in the world. Right. Um, and so that kind of, that seed was planted and it just kind of evolved from there. And it's interesting because it's evolved in a way where I've evolved. I've been evolving. <laughs> like I've, it's more about, it's like, it's really been about me literally evolving. <laughs> and then things, the, the, the idea of the book comes and then a person I meet comes and then who I interact with comes and the situation that I'm in, mm. it like comes. And like, it's literally me having the vision and embodying who I am and then moving through the world and following the hunches or following my guidance and just like click, 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 you know, like things just kind of have clicked together up even like me meeting you click like, cool. okay, I'm just going to meet Odali and that's cool. All right. That's, I don't know what's yeah. next, but this is as far as I can see. And when I get there, I'll see further. Like that's pretty much how this journey has like evolved. Um, and so I do believe in, and, and like, there's the whole grind. And okay, let me tell you, I have had this thing in my life where I've had to grind. I have had to work my butt off to get to where I wanted to be, right? Mm -hmm. And the point where I realized and recognized that's, that can be futile. And many times it is. If, you're, if I'm just grinding with no direction, with no chief aim, this is futile. This is pointless. Where, what am I doing? There's no, there's no focus. There's no aim. I'm just working my butt off. I'm just like, I'm tired. <laughs> I, need a, Girl. I need a nap. That's all it is, right? And so for me, like this journey has really allowed me to realize how much of our thoughts, our thinking, our community, who we around and surround ourselves with, the podcasts we listen to, the books we read, like all of that literally sh the music we listen to oh my goodness all of that embodies and really literally seeps 
into who we are, our fabric of existence, like who we are. Okay. And that moves us. It, that literally guides us to what actions we take. Okay. And it came to a point where I wanted to grind and I wanted to hustle and that was not working anymore. It was getting me nowhere because I was, I was my, fa- my fabric of existence was literally working and navigating me in a different direction where I was realizing like, okay, I get more done when I realize like, oh, there's this event. Oh, I want to go to it. And then I meet someone and then boom, like, oh my gosh, I've been working on that for a whole year. I didn't know like that was going to, that was just going to happen like that. You, you, you have a connect. Oh my gosh. You know, like things like that happen. It's like, oh my gosh, really? So if I would have chilled a little bit more, like, and I trusted, like, you know, (laughs) that I could have saved myself 50 headaches, you know? So I'm learning that and I've been learning that so deeply. And it's like, that's a whole journey in itself. But anyway, I don't know how I got into that, but yes, that is real. (laughs) It's so girl. And and it's so, we had to, like, there really is no choice. And I know one of the things that I was talking about yesterday was someone said someone was going through a situation and the first thing that their mind or that the first thing that they said was, you know, this is going to make me stronger. I'll be more resilient. And I said, isn't it always tiring to be the one that's always resilient, the one that's always mm-hmm. strong, the one that's always going to get out of it better? And, and, and I was speaking to someone who was a person of color dealing with the situation. And I'm like, how many times do our people feel like, how many times do our people get labeled as resilient, right? And I'm like, the only reason we're resilient is because we had to hustle. We had a lack of resources. We had the most roadblocks in front of us. So we're the hard workers, we're the resilient ones, but it's not for good reasons. And how can we shift that narrative? And how can we really like change the change the narrative for our future generations, right? So that they don't have to be the hard workers, the resilient ones, the the grinders, the hustlers. Like, how do we change that? How do we shift that? And it's, it's almost like, it, it's a, it's a, it's a weird, like, I'm, I'm proud to be resilient, but I'm also like, this shit sucks too. Like, you know, it's all, it's hard to always be the resilient one. And so I just feel like that grind piece is something that I've been kind of exploring lately of like, huh, this is, so, this is so deep. It's so interesting. It's like way deeper than we think. Right. And it's, and how do, yeah, how do we explore that? And I love that you mentioned that because, girl, our community, if, if anyone knows about the resilient, hardworking, grind culture, it's, it's <sighs> our people. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, girl. Yeah, but I I'm want, realizing there's a time and place for it. Mm-hmm, oh, there's always. 100%. <laughs> oh, 100%. And it's finding that. It's unlearning and learning at the same time. Unlearning that you have to grind every single second of the day, burn yourself out to get to where you want to be versus like I can grind and still have the rest that I deserve right and yes there is a time and place for it there's a balance that a lot of us have yet to learn right but it's it's a constant practice so I love that you brought that up but I want to before I get into your books that you have I want to touch back on you talked about grounding yourself and I think we're talking a lot about yeah dealing and learning these things and talking a lot about you know crime culture uh, mother wounds, growing up in fear. What are some ways, and I'm asking so that everyone listening who maybe is dealing with it can use some tactical, practical tips, right, on how to practice grounding. But what do you do on a personal level that you feel like has helped you and others around you in terms of grounding yourself when you start to feel all that? 
okay, so there's different things that I do based off of like what time I have and what I'm, you know. So for me, the like the most simplest but most effective one is literally me. I know it sounds really corny, but like me going into like a field of trees and just sitting there and like just like laying there and like almost even crying and just feeling like just but feeling feeling supported by the ground like literally feeling cared for feeling the feeling of like almost like the earth comes and like cradles and swaddles me a little bit like literally feeling that I am here right now right and that's like really effective for me as far as like shifting it's almost like I'm getting scrubbed like literally um but there's also like practicality like I need to I need something shift so like for me like literally making myself tea with loose leaf herbs. I know everyone's different though. So this is what for me, right? Like loose leaf herbs and touching the plants and putting it in my my tea. Like it connects me to the feeling of that. And even like, I know this is like making a salsa or making chile like or ma- having mm. a pot of beans. <laughs> like, I know that's, that sounds like, but for me, that's like just feeling of like I'm home and, but I'm creating what home means now. And I'm grounded. I'm here. Ooh. I have. I have the everything's going to crap. But I have a pot of be like for me. I have a pot of beans boiling right now, and it feels so good. You know, like I took the little rocks out. You know, like <laughs> things like that. Like that grounds <laughs> me. And like, and then you can also do something as like, like literally soaking the feet because like there's our like we are energetic beings. So for real, mm-hmm. like there is an like an electromagnetic field that surrounds us. And that sometimes we, that needs to get a little scrubbing, okay? So that's why people smudge. That's why people use Palo Santo. That's why people use, like, um, you, I, you know, I'll use, like, um, what was he say? Like, just, like, baths or baños with herbs and things like that. For me, that there is an energetic component that's cleansing my field, you know? Like, sometimes we need, like, a field flush, right? right? Sound, um, tuning forks and things like that. Sometimes they'll, they'll sometimes that's they'll lift me a little bit too much. So it just depends. Like I said, it just depends. But there are things and literally basic hugging my kids, hugging Aww. my husband, like being like, I mean, I, ha- I, I, I'm very grateful and blessed that they bring me so much joy and that my husband is, is so supportive. So that there's that element, but like just physical touch, um, reading a book, like these are things for me like reading a book, like reading something that inspires me, listening to a podcast or an audio and just having it in the background, hearing people and just, and also tuning in or even like sometimes I'll listen to podcasts and I'll take notes and just the act of me having a pencil or a pen in my hand on paper, listening and writing makes me feel like I'm grounded in that moment. Like this is the moment right now. I'm listening to someone right now and I'm, and I'm, and I'm learning something. Um, so those are just a few ways that help me feel grounded. Oh, I love it. And I love and I love that you said, and this is such a I'll bold it again, but everyone's so different, right? And what grounds yes. you may not ground me, but like Absolutely. like one of the things that me and my my boyfriend always talk about is for him, he needs to be in nature to be feel grounded, right? You know, and, and it changes if it like it's in flux all the time. But for the most part, what grounds him the most is being similar to you around trees and being in nature yes. and just being kind of like in that place. For me, I know it sounds funny as I love nature too, but sometimes what really grounds me the most is cleaning. And it's almost, 
And the way that I see it is like it's a mental decluttering mm-hmm. to just like wipe counters down and like move things. And, you know, like it's so funny because my boyfriend's like, I'll never understand that. Me but either. he doesn't have to. <laughs> right. But he doesn't have to. And so like cooking and and it's similar to what you're talking about when you said like you're creating the home. I'm like, oh, it's like a fresh pot of beans. Like, girl, let me tell you, there's nothing but like peace with that. I'm like, well, I'm about to eat good. <laughs> yeah. Con queso fresco. You already know. I love but that like. Feeling. Yeah, I mean, it's everyone has their thing and and it doesn't have to be the one thing either. And that's what I'm realizing is there's no one way to ground you. It's not just like it's not like cleaning is my only option. It's it's multiple forms of meditation and grounding and coming back to center to self. Right. Oh, girl, I want to talk about your books before we get into this whole time about meditation, because we can go on for days. But I want to talk about your books that you created that are their children's books. So talk about about writing those and what it's turned into and how people can can get access to it. So Grow Florecita Grow is a bilingual children's book. And it started, I, I started off as a poem. It, it, I wrote the poem. I had no intention of doing anything with it. I was just journaling and I wrote this poem and kind of let it go. And, but it was, it, it rang so true to me. And um, I read it to Katie, the illustrator of the book. And I'm kind of condensing this, but I read it to her and um, she resonated with it and it felt like something we needed to create. And the reason why I think it's so cool that I created a children's book is A, I've always loved children's books, but most importantly is B, I feel like sometimes these concepts, like we take spirituality and we think it's this, like this elaborate, hard thing. Like we make this a big deal. Like we like a bookshelf full of books and like all this stuff (laughs) and like all these seminar or whatever, because I say that because I was there at a point and, and I came to like, I realized like, oh my gosh, it's so much more simpler than we make this out to be. And it can be as simple as a children's book. Mm. It can be as simple as a children's book. Everything you need can be as simple. Like, it's just like these. And for me, like when I reflect back on shifts, like huge shifts in my reality or who shifts in my beingness um, or how I think it has been, it has come through like simple realizations. Like I've obviously dynamic things happen, but like the slightest shift in perspective gets me to something. Oh my gosh. It's almost like, like the stock market or something like, and then it's like, boom, boom, you know, like (laughs) it'll like huge. Like I'm not to say like, that's how it works. You know what I mean though? Like higher highs, you know? And like Mm. the, the thing that takes us, it's like this, just this simple shift of perspective. And so for me, that's where the whole concept of like, I, well, I want to get a children's book out and it's not just for children. It's for everyone to have on their work desk to give to each other and reminders because we all need to remember that we have the, we, we can do this. We can create what we want. And there might be things that we, we have to, you know, the journey that we might have to experience to get there, but it's there. It's, it's a possibility, right? And, um, yeah, and it just, it just, that was a foundation of what Florecita is, but it's so much more. It's, it was printed on stone paper, which is made out of recycled stone and granite, which felt really resonant to me of like, like just printing on something that's not just, that's something that's already, that's going to be trash anyway, um, or that's going to be recycled or, you know, anyway. So recycled it back into this book and it just felt just so good to be able to do that. And it's 
that's, it's just things are compounding now. Like, okay, now what is our clothing going to look like? What is, what is our yeah. curriculum going to look like? And how are we going to continue to expand this into something greater that is really going to serve humanity and not just children? Um, and shift, just shift perspectives in like the most gentle, simple, yet dynamic ways. That's my prayer. Mm. We, it's because like, mm. we had so much roughness. Oh we, so much roughness. Like, we need sweetness. We need gentle now. Like, I need gentle. I need sweetness we now. Do. And, and it's time for us to like, it doesn't have to be this hard work. I have to climb the top of the, you know, like this mountain and shave my head off and go meet a shaman. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I did that. I'm not going there anymore. Like, I'm done. I just need, I need, oh, no. I, need like, I need some honey on my altar, you know, mm. and I, mm. I just need rest and the simple shifts. That part. I need the flowers. <laughs> that, that part, girl, that part. And how can people purchase and get access to Grove Florecita Grow? So that's this interesting. So grow, at Grove grow Florecita on Instagram. Um, you can DM us right now. Unfortunately, we've had a website this whole time. It's interesting that right now in this moment, we're revamping it because we're really, we're expanding in like a really cool, amazing way, which we'll, we can talk about in another time. But right now, <laughs> it's literally being revamped into this greater place, which is really exciting. Um, but at the same, so by the same time, it's not up right now. Like if you go to it, it'll just say that. So if you want to buy the book, you can go to Grow Florecita, DM us, and we will ship it to you right now. And then eventually, like we have the link in the bio and you can look at our, our website and we have um, merch and we have the book and we have other things that we're going to be sharing with everyone too. Um, so yeah, so at Grow Florecita on Instagram and the website is growflorecita.com. Beautiful. I could talk to you for days. I can listen to you talk for days. I am so grateful for Katie for bringing you onto the platform. And I'm just grateful that you're sharing your story with us. And I want to close this beautiful conversation with a little brindis. And I have my cafecito here that's almost all gone. Um, about to make some, about to make some chai tea. I got um speaking of loose leaf teas, I love teas. It's like Tea and coffee is like a fascination of mine. And I went to this farmer's market when I was back home in San Diego. And there was this tea woman with like all these variations of teas that she's created that kind of like help you with these different things. Um, and she was Latina. And I was just, of course, I resonated with her. And I was like, you're amazing. Let me buy your teas. And she had this amazing, it smelled amazing and it tastes even better, but it's a chai mix. And I don't even know how to explain it to you. It's so good. I'll send you a picture so you can try to buy it, replicate it or anything like that. But um, anyways, I didn't mean to get into that whole topic, but I want to end this beautiful conversation with the Brindis. And this is a virtual cheers where I want to give you the space to manifest some good for our Latino communities. So Myra, what do you want to manifest for all the Latinos out there, for our people, for women, for mothers, etc.? Oh my gosh. I... My my prayer is that we are able to move and elevate from our limiting beliefs, the limiting programs that hold us back, that the limitations that we impose on ourselves, and that we can look in the mirror and recognize who we are. Oh my gosh. <laughs> who we are and how amazing the gifts that our ancestors have passed down and lived through us through our DNA, how much those gifts can share with the world 
and how we are the, and we can be the catalyst for something beautiful and amazing to manifest on this planet. And we can make a better world for our children by us addressing and, and looking in the mirror and loving ourselves and recognizing nothing is wrong with who we are, what we've been, and it just, and just trust and know. I'm just, I, thank you. <laughs> mm, yes, girl. Salud. Cheers. Thank you all so much for tuning in today and shout out to all the first gen Latina mothers out there nurturing our next generation and to all the nuestras mamas who gave us everything that was rooted in love, including food, because ya tu sabes. If y'all want to connect with Myra, go to www.growflorecita.com to learn more about what she does. And you can also buy her books and merch there as well. Connect with her on Instagram too, at Florecita. And in honor of Latino art and artists, I have a special discount code for y'all who are based in the Bay Area. There's a Macla art auction happening in San Jose. And if y'all use the discount code hello latina with the ad sign at the end y'all get a 15% discount on your tickets so go to maclaarte.org to buy your tickets and find more information on my ig at hello latino podcast see y'all next week for more cafecito and chisme y con mucho amor tu amiga hondureña